Welcome to Tenet Men. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing well. I have a very easy minute uh, this week. This week, I feel like I'm winding down, even though my minute is taking place at the most confusing and um, uh, oddly structured part of the movie, Tenet, (laughs) the car chase scene. But uh, I I feel like I'm over the hump of all the confusion of everything that goes on in it. Yeah, I think you are, too. I mean, just in general, we are we are nearing the end. This is episode 67. Um, Yeah. I so think seventy-two like, is the end. We're, we're we're counting down, right? It's like what what minute are you at? One eighteen, one seventeen, one seventeen, one, one hour seventeen, 17 minutes. So there's ten minutes left of this movie to cover, uh, like which oh, is okay. which is five so, five episodes of this left. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because we each we do two episodes a minute or two episodes, two minutes an episode. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there, imagine if these it. episodes are only two minutes. All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. What a what a journey this has been. It really is. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. Will you ever watch this movie again when we're done? Oh yeah. I, um, (laughs) (laughs) you'll, you'll, you'll you'll appreciate and not be surprised by this. Um, on my, I, my, not my iPad, I have an Android tablet, uh, and I travel a little bit for work. So whenever I go across the country, I, I usually start my flight by like reading a book and then I get bored about an hour into that. And then I watch a movie on my, my tablet, but I only have three movies on the tablet. Mm. Um, I have interstellar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, have, I have tenet and then i recently bought the batman and that's oh. it that's all so like if i if i'm on a flight and i watch a movie it's it's one of those three <laughs> you know there's something about watching a movie you've already seen on an airplane because it just like you know based on when the movie's over that the plane is kind of going to land soon i, I get exactly that. that's yeah. it they're all they're all pretty long movies they're comfort movies, so it's like it makes the flight go a little bit faster. And if I fall asleep during the movie, I don't really care. <laughs> mm. That's the I, rationale. Yeah, I, I tell this all the time, but like my favorite, uh, my favorite in-plane movie experience was uh, seeing Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time. The first Pirates of the Caribbean movie for wow. the first time uh, on a flight. Uh, I think it was the first time I came to Seattle, and. It's it, it was back in the day when you didn't get to ch- the, the, the airline chose what movie you're all going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's I was going to say, that's a long time ago. That's like 20 years ago. Um, it would be 20, uh, 2003. It'd be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that movie. I remember seeing that movie in the theater. Um, and that was a long time ago. 
Yeah, see, I had missed it because it came out after I joined the army, and then it was like between basic training and going to Seattle, and it was like, oh, I always I wanted to see this, and here it is presented to me in in a moment where I have nothing to do for the next three hours. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, and it was I'll over. I was done. I saw a great movie, and that was where I was supposed to be. <laughs> great, great story. <laughs> All right. Well, have you seen any other new movies that we should talk about? I did. I am. I have a whole list of movies I wanted to see this summer that have been coming out. And one of them was Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, the new one, which came out last week. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. Uh, I have not seen that and I probably won't see it. I didn't see the fourth one either. Crystal Skull nonsense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I had been doing like a project, like a a video on the Indiana Jones movies over the course of the last five months. So I was actually kind of sick of them, (laughs) of watching them uh, like over this last year, because I did rewatch the the first three. I kind of checked out the fourth one again. (laughs) I was editing. I was going back and forth. I was writing and researching. And so I finished that all up a month ago and I told myself I'm not seeing this movie because I'm just like done with this fucking shit. <laughs> Even though the whole video is about how much I like him. No, I mean like growing up, you were Indiana Jones. <laughs> I know it was a big part of my personality for a while. So I, <laughs> I put it all into that and I said, okay, enough. I'm done. I don't want to see it. But then when it started getting close to the release date, I'm like, Oh, I have to see it, whatever it is. And it's we... fine. <laughs> It's it's fine. Yeah, I, I want to ask you. Well, before we <laughs> jump into it, I have to ask because uh, it's funny. My brother and I were watching. We were at my parents' house, and uh, it was on TV, like the original trilogy, and we watched Ooh. two out of three of them. Um, and they're just like good movies. You know what I mean? Well, two of them are. Um, eh, but I wanted to like which of the original, <laughs> which of the original trilogy is like your favorite one. It's got it's it's got it's an unpopular opinion, but it's Doom. It's Temple of Doom. No, that's the worst one. No, I that but that's why. <laughs> oh, I do have to end up my video on. <laughs> I don't understand. Like that is the worst one because I see this. What I wish it was is what they're trying to make it now. Like if 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 they kept this going like James Bond, and they just made it so it's every every movie is a new location a new bad guy a new MacGuffin, a new thing and they just keep doing it i think the the model by which you would base it on would be temple of doom even though it's not the best i argue it has some of the best action across the series the 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 cart race scene um the bridge scene um uh the opening sequence where he's like literally dressed like James Bond, <laughs> uh, the jumping out of the plane. I think all that is just great, great stunts, practical effects. Well, it all had to be back in the day, but like, um, I think you could just keep replicating the Temple of Doom script a hundred times over, and you'd get a James Bond-like franchise out of it. And some of them right. would be good, and some of them would be bad. Just like James Bond. <laughs> I need to rewatch Temple of Doom. So the, it was the other two that I watched. We watched Raiders oh, okay. and then we watched The Last Crusade. Um, and those are both really good, I feel like. I I 
I'm actually partial to the Last Crusade, maybe because I just like Sean Connery so much. Last Crusade's pretty good, though. I I, I agree. I think those are also <laughs> amazing movies, and I would sit down and watch any of them. Now I've showed them to my kids, and they they like, yeah, I understand why this is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> do they like it? Do they? Do yeah. your kids like? They do. They, okay. Yeah, they did. We we sat down and watched all of them. My daughter did not, but recently she's been because she gets into like what's new in the zeitgeist and stuff. So she was asking me to watch those. And I was like, they're kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good to know. All right. So the new one is, uh, is just okay. You said you didn't say it was bad. No, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's objectionable. And I think if you want an Indiana Jones movie, you you're getting one. It's, it exists. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like crystal skull? Did you say, think that was also okay? Or was that bad? That was, that was bad. <laughs> that was <laughs> It, like it, it, like I can't even rewatch it. I saw it once in the theater, and the only time I went to go back and rewatch it was for this project I was doing, and I, um, I couldn't. I had to like force myself through it, and I was just, it was worse than I remembered it. <laughs> I know there's people out there that have, you know, say it's fine, but you know that's where I wish it was like James Bond, where it just kept adapting to new technology it changes maybe it changes the actor or it changes the filming technique or something and it bring it kind of like you go watch the new james bond movie you're not comparing it necessarily to the sean connery ones you're just like oh this is a new movie yeah but with with these new indiana jones you're constantly comparing it to those first three and it's never going to hold up and they keep bringing harrison ford back and the guy is he's like 80 years old yeah, he has a shirtless scene in this. Wow. Like, he's like, I think it might be like, like tidy whities for a little bit. I was like, what? I was like, all right, that's pretty brave of him at that age to be like, <laughs> just completely fine with his body being up on screen in front of millions of people. Good uh, for hats him. Hats off to him. He, the action, it, a lot of it's all CGI now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which you really notice since we're talking like, we're kind of like movie buffs, especially with crystal skull and this one i was sitting in the theater is what you lose with the cgi is you lose the wide shot like if you go back and you watch temple of doom or raiders of the lost ark there's these big wide shots of the action where you see a guy actually jumping from a horse to a um a truck and it's really blown out the camera's far away and you could see everything with the cgi everything's up tight and close and the edits are really close together They're fast um, it's it's very very fast yeah and that's really what you what you lose and there's a scene in this that's almost they're on the exact same type of motorcycles as the the nazi chase scene in raiders of the lost ark and it would be fun to like watch them back to back because there's one where you know, obviously in Last Crusade, they're act, people actually on motorcycles doing regular stunts and it looks real. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, it's there are CGI bikes. You know, <laughs> it's, just very oh, so I, it's legitimately why I give uh, Chris Nolan a lot of credit and also like the Batman and the Batman is a lot of CGI, but it's done on like that, the LED screen. Right. So it's got yeah. like the LED background. So you could still get away with like doing the wide shot and you could still kind of pull it off. Uh but there's something to be said. Like I, I definitely appreciate that style of movie more than, than I feel like Transformers ruined cinematography and CGI because they're all 
CGI and things happen so fast in those movies that you can't possibly understand what's happening. Uh, yeah, we actually re- my kids recently got into the Transformers verse. <laughs> Is there a good Transformer movie? We watched the first one. My kids like that one. And then we watched a little bit of the second one. And they're like, they like Bumblebee and Mm. this new one that's out. Well, I was watching Indiana Jones. They were watching the, my boys were with their friends watching Transformers and they liked it. Okay. All right. Well, um, we should talk about some tenant, but yeah, the next, uh, the next trilogy I'm getting my kids into is X-Men. I cannot wait. No, that's good. Yeah. My daughter got into X-Men. Yeah, uh, I think X Men's a good. Ago. I think it's a good time because there's going to be some new ones coming out in the next ten years, right? <laughs> My goal is to get them to to Logan, which to, I argue <laughs> is the best the best X Men movie. Sure. How old are they again? <laughs> uh, you up. know, moves up pretty hard. R. <laughs> it was yeah, but like it's not that bad. Just for cursing, <laughs> really. Yeah, and a little bit of violence, but I've yeah, they've seen worse. Okay. I was not allowed. We to were watching. We were watching worse at, at their age. <laughs> we were, yeah. That's the thing where I'm always arguing with my wife. I was like, I was, I saw Temple of Doom when I was like six. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Back to Tenet. I yeah. am. Uh, I'm at minute marker sixty six or one hundred six twenty one to one hundred seven twenty one. We're still on the yacht, picking up from last week. Uh, the helicopter landed this uh thing appeared and Seder opens it up and gold bars start flying into <laughs> Seder's hand um so the gold is inverted that brings us right to the, the starting point 6621 gold flying into Seder's hand um and then immediately after that he looks up to one of his goons like kind of concerned and then there's another goon on the other side of the crate who's like kind of holding a guy and pushes the guy towards Seder and the guy. And by the way, like there's lots of fast cuts here back to the protagonist watching this all unfold behind a window, not too far away. Um, so the, this guy that gets pushed towards Seder, he's got his head down, like tail between his legs, very ashamed, uh, pulls a gold bar out of his back pocket <laughs> And like hands it to Seder like an offering, you know, like here it is, like in both hands kind of thing. And then uh, Seder like pretty slowly takes the gold from the guy's hand uh, and then very quickly bashes him in the throat (laughs) with Mm -hmm. the gold bar uh, and then bashes him over the head a couple times. Uh, And then the pro, we we, we lost lots of fast cuts back to the protagonist watching Seder. murder a guy with a gold brick <laughs> yeah just to be um, sure Seder's a bad guy at this point <laughs> right not well, just yeah, a bad like, morally and ethically objectionable <laughs> yeah uh death by gold bar um so this Seder hits him over the head a couple more times the guy goes down the gold bar is covered in blood uh and then afterwards <laughs> we assume the guy is dead Seder checks his uh, activity monitor on his wrist to see his pulse rate. Hmm. And uh, you hear a muffled satyr, because now it's from the protagonist's perspective. He says, 98. Not bad for such exertion. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, he murders a guy and keeps that BPM under 100. 
Now, um, and just to be clear, he was planning on beating his wife earlier, just mere moments ago. So yeah, this it, is it, him taking out that getting, aggression. Instead of getting that satisfaction by beating his wife, he got to beat a uh, employee to death. <laughs> the dude did steal his gold, so is that? It's not. He's one thief stealing from another. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but like the whole world is I satyrs. Mean, yeah. In the in the in the criminal circle, like if you steal from your boss, like you die, right? Oh yeah, you got to keep order. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. Sater loses all credibility. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like if they let him go, yeah, yeah, exactly. Then Volkov takes over. No, no one wants that world. (laughs) By the way, we have a Volkov line here. Oh, uh, great! (laughs) Yeah, wild. I got another another piece of dialogue. Um. So, oh, and then, so after he looks at his watch, then he looks up over to the window as if he sees the protagonist. This all happens really fast and I don't, I don't love it. It doesn't make a ton of sense, but mm-hmm. Seder looks up at the window as if he sees the protagonist. Then we have a quick cut to the protagonist and then he gets hit in the head by Volkov. So he got found, he got discovered mm-hmm. and then Volkov hits him in the stomach <laughs> and then punches him in the face for good measure. Lots of action. The protagonist just gets pummeled here. Um, then Volkov and another goon are dragging the protagonist out, uh, to Seder. And Volkov says he was at the window. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the protagonist says, I was curious. Uh, he, he says that very injured, uh, as if he had just gotten punched in the stomach (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Seder says, my property shouldn't concern you. And then he continues, who are you? How do you come by your information about the opera? That brings us to the end of my minute, by the way. Oh. Um, the protagonist uh, has this line that spans the last second of my minute. So we'll just say it. Okay. Uh, you wouldn't do business with someone who wasn't savvy enough to be recruited. I actually don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? I, I, I don't know. Uh, you wouldn't do like he's saying to Seder. You, you know, wouldn't you check out the person you were doing business with? That's I, I, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't. Know. I don't know. Spy- <laughs> you would. It never makes logical sense why spies let in these other spies in these movies. <laughs> well, they all they all need something from each other, right? So, mm-hmm. I argue. I feel the like Seder doesn't really need the protagonist and he's getting a lot of red flags from this guy. <laughs> I've always, yeah, that's what I, I've been arguing yeah. the last couple of weeks. Like Seder does not need the protagonist. Right. And like, that's why this plot line is, is like not great. Cause I feel like Seder can accomplish his goals without the protagonist. And the pr- protagonist is nothing but suspicious. <laughs> he's eight. He's the nine tenths of the way there, or he's eight ninths of the way there. Cause he's got, he's got eight pieces of the algorithm. I get, yeah, I guess that's it, right? Except like for just... the, he, he doesn't have the tenth piece, which is love. <laughs> I was just going to say, you got very fifth element here. Um, that's my video essay on the, the, when, <laughs> what tenant means, because there's got to be ten pieces. Uh, okay, <laughs> I can't. Um, you wouldn't do business with someone who's who wasn't savvy enough to be recruited. Does he mean like recruited by like a like a like a state agency? Is that what that means? That's kind of like what how I my gut instinct reacted to that to that line was like, oh, he's admitting that he's an intelligence officer, which 
we all assume anyway. Or to be recruited into Seder's business. But also, uh, no, that's, not, forced... that's not really something you should say when you get caught, because that's implied no. that, that means you're not being savvy. He he forced his way into Seder's business, so mm-hmm. he wasn't recruited, and Seder knows that. Seder knows he forced his way in because he wants something. He should definitely just beat the protagonist with a gold bar in this moment, and then you know go on to destroy the world. Yeah. Like any, any good Bond villain would do <laughs> or doesn't do actually. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. That's the end of my minute. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. Uh, what is, what does the blue team have for us? I'm just reading. I think is in, I was just checking to see if that um, line was in the script and I don't see it. What I see is, do I work for intelligence service? Several, just like you. You wouldn't do business with someone who wasn't savvy enough to be recruited. Hell, the CIA provides two thirds of the market for thistle material. Okay, so that that line's coming up next week. That line is coming up, but I wanted to put that that extra person part in there. Yeah, so the line before you wouldn't do business business with someone savvy enough to be recruited. You you said a line before that. Yeah, that's the one that's missing. Yeah, do I work for intelligence services? Several, just like you. Boom. There, there you it. go. That would make sense. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I'm a spy. You're a spy. We're doing spy shit. <laughs> I'm spying <laughs> on you right now. <laughs> you would have spied right, on me well, if you knew how to. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, let me get into my minute here. Um, all nonverbal action. Uh, one hour, 17 minutes, 21 seconds. Uh, the bomb goes off inside the armored car. With the uh, the protagonist already been dropped off in there, he goes over to the door, pulls out the orange case, and then goes back up the hole in the ceiling. Um, he then gets. Uh, we then cut to a police car that is kind of driving behind the fire truck, the BMW with Neil in it, and the um, armored car uh, that they're stealing from. And this is this is interesting. The police, the name tape on the police is a dot v i l so a period v i double l ooh uh i thought is that shorthand for a villain or <laughs> just, a villain but he just seems to be police i don't know it doesn't matter um and then uh, so they're suspicious cuz they're seeing the fire trucks um ladder go back over the top of um, the armored truck. That's how the protagonist gets back onto the fire truck. It swings him back over. They see that happening and they point at it like, oh, oh, that's suspicious. And then a guy in the fire truck um, fires at the police car, shooting out the tires. Doesn't shoot the police guys. Um, just the tires. Good guys. Yep. <laughs> So I guess so I guess the, the guy on that fire truck is part of Mahir's group or Priya's group. Just good guy henchman. Well, no, the the protagonist hired them. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the same people that yeah. helped orchestrate the Oslo um, yeah. uh, scene too. So Mahir's men in some fashion, I would say. Um we never meet him. Um uh, then we see uh, the protagonist with the orange case walking along the side of the fire truck. He quickly jumps into the BMW. 
with that has Neil in it. He looks over uh, at Neil and he says, uh, check the radio for chatter. I mean, that would be an indication that they got away with it, or it would be an indication that there's they found out about it somehow, because that's why they're doing this while it's in transit, so that Seder, less likely Seder will know about it and be able to travel back in time to it. But little do they know. Well, also because the truck is being tracked by intelligence mm-hmm. agencies, and they don't want to tip off the intelligence agencies. So it has to go, it has to arrive go missing at some point in the transport. It right. can't be at either end. Yeah. So it has to that's be... why they can't, they can't stop the truck. Cause that's going to tip off like a military response. Yeah. It has to be in motion and, yeah. you know, grab it and get out of there kind of thing. And it was probably, it was probably those police that sparked the whole incidents. Right. Uh, maybe. Right. I mean, like how quickly, does like a police report escalate to some kind of state intelligence agency or military response? I imagine that would take like hours. <laughs> if but any- if you have, <laughs> but if you have the ability of um, pros- prosperity, prosperity, right. right? Any, any news report where it goes, Oh, Hey, in route around the same time, um, a police car got its tires shot out. There's a police well, report. Like, yeah. Satyrs, but Satyrs people are already close by. And I yeah. would imagine Neil's Neil's like backup is also already close by. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know Ives is just around the corner. They're both monitoring exactly. the situation from the future. Right. Exactly. But yeah. they don't want to tip off. They don't want to tip off because it's uh, wait, what country are we in? <laughs> um, it's Tenen. Um, right. This isn't Oslo. This is Ukraine. Uh, no. No, it's a it's another country. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I know. Belgium. Belgium. Okay. Ben- well, they don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to tip off the Belgian state intelligence yep. military complex. Mm-hmm. And MI6. Neither side. Yeah. And Is you don't it want MI6? Yeah. MI6 or Mission Impossible people getting involved. Yeah. Mission Impossible. Uh, I'm almost done here. Um, I did want to <laughs> okay. bring up, like, we were talking about practical effects and the digital and stuff, and being like, you know, when you see the protagonist, like, on the fire truck and stuff, again, it's like you get the wide shot of it. It's not just like quick images and stuff. And I wanted to, while you were talking, I kind of was doing background because uh, I wanted to pull up this quote. I forgot who said this, um, but it turns out it was Charlie Chaplin who said, life is a tragedy when seen in close up, but comedy is in the long shot. <laughs> and I think there's something to that, like dramatic stuff is like close up. You could see emotion on the face. Comedy is the long shot and probably action it rides the wave of being in between those two things, right? Because action by nature is going in between uh, tragic events and maybe comedic events are just like moving, you know? And in order to see that, you have to have some sort of a wide shot where everything is and what's going on in relation to each other. No, yeah, there's, there's something, uh, there's something very beautiful to that. I like it. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, I was I was kind of shy. I thought it was going to be Spielberg or something who said that it was 
goes back even Charlie further. Chaplin. Yeah, it goes. That's uh, that's so insightful. Actually, it's very cool. Yeah. So I, and so that's the end of my minute. Is the last thing he says is check for uh, radio chatter, and then you kind of just see the protagonist trying to open the box, and then in the previous minute I talked about, they open the box. <laughs> And in the well, next minute I'll it. cover, we'll, there will be no box. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer together. Yeah, um, It's exciting. Very exciting. Well, thank you all for listening to the Tenant Men podcast. This has been episode 67. If you enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, and review uh, this podcast and whatever service you found us on. And rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we will meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friend. <laughs> <laughs>